0: Hi, everyone, and Shavuot Tov. We're reading Perig Yud, Chapter 10 of the Book of Shoftim, and what we find is that there's a little bit of a break between all the dramas that we've had uh, already up to now in the Book of Shoftim, and we're going to continue them in the next chapter. So this is what is considered a uh, transition chapter where there are merely a couple of what seem to be insignificant events and so what we need to see is why they're here and what they're going to tell us about the book of Shoftim as a whole the important thing to understand about the book of Shoftim is that while it may well be chronological we're not entirely sure we do not have dates here so understandably the book has been crafted very carefully to give us particular themes and messages and one of the themes, of course, is that of leadership. What kind of leader does the Jewish people need? Is there an understanding that what the Jewish people need is centralized leadership, or should they continue to be tribal rather than national, and a leader should only arise in response to a need? Up until now, we've seen that we have the what Rav Menachem Libte calls the strong or the good Shoftim, they've been very strong. They have arisen in as a result of a need. Um, as we know, we have the cycle that has continued up until now. The cycle is that the Jewish people sin, they worship other gods, um, Hashem sends nations against them, they suffer, they cry out to God, they do teshuva. and Hashem sends a Moshiach, a savior. uh, to them who saves them from whichever particular nation is oppressing them at the time. We now don't see that. We have at the beginning of um, Perak Yud, as you'll see, we have in Pasuk 1, Pasuk 1, Vayakom acharei avimelech lohoshia et Yisrael, tola ben po'ah ben dodo ish yisachar, vuhu yoshav vashamir vahar ephraim. Vayishpot et Yisrael esrim vashalosh shana, We have two lines on Tola, which says that he arose to deliver the the Jewish people. It does not say who from. We do not see any other part of the cycle. And then we're told that he judged Israel for 23 years. The next two verses deal with Yair Hagiladi, who, in this case, there is no enemy that he seems to save them from. He... Judges Israel for 22 years. And in fact, it gets even more interesting at this point. It says, So now we have Yair Giladi. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys and owned 30 cities or regions in Gilad. What do these two leaders come to tell us? I think um, Rab Moshe Lichtenstein, in his themes and ideas in the Haftarah, discusses the fact that this is a division in the book that is talking about a different kind of leadership from now on. Up until now, the leaders have come in response to a need. They've been appointed by Hashem, and we also see that they they end, their stories end with and the land had rest for 40 years or the land had rest for 80 years. We don't see any of this with these two, but what we do see, Rav Lichtenstein contends, is um, a need for the Jewish people not so much against a specific enemy, but for a stable leadership. In Tola's case, he has a city and a geographical base and a specific period of time that he leads the Jewish people. In terms of Yair, what seems to be quite uncomfortable for us is that he he creates a semi-dynasty, and certainly today we would be sensitive to the fact that he empowers his sons and gives them wealth, gives them material wealth, which, as I say, today we would perhaps look a little askance at. However, says Rav Lichtenstein, they the Jewish people at this point are saying they would rather have that kind of leader, even if he's not the ideal leader, than no leader at all. Anarchy is the enemy here. And the book seems to be stating this, that the Jewish people would rather have a leader that is less than the ideal than have anarchy, as we will see by the end of the book. At this point, the chapter changes and says that after these two leaders, the Jewish people return to the cycle. They sin, they worship many, many other gods um, or alien gods. And Hashem sends against them many enemies. They cry out to Hashem and say, please help us. And Hashem at this point rebukes them. This is the third and final book uh, rebuke in the book. The first time the rebuke was by an angel, the second time it was by a prophet. and in this one it is Hashem himself who rebukes them. He seems to in fact to have run out of patience. If we look at um, chapter at verse 11, we see I've saved you from everyone. Yud Gimel, he says, Elohim Lo Osif Lo Etchem." I will not continue to save you, which is an extremely chilling statement. When the Jewish people perhaps are expecting that they'll just do teshuvah and Hashem will save them again, Hashem says to them, "No, I'm not going to." L'chu Elohim why don't you go and ask the gods that you now worship? Maybe they can save you. B'nai Israel then come back to Hashem and say, No, we know we've sinned. We'll do anything. You can do anything to us, but please save us. And they put away their gods, the alien gods, and they come back to Hashem. There's an interesting phrase, though, in Verse 16 which the last part of the verse says, yisrael. And it's an, ambigu- an ambiguous statement by Hashem. It seems to be Hashem talk- uh, being tiktzar, which could me- go either way. It could go positive or negative. It says, Either you could say that it means tzar Mal Israel, that he could not bear the miseries of Israel. He couldn't bear to see it, and so he sends another leader. The other way to look at it, though, is tzar that his soul was weary of the work of Israel, that God, quite frankly, had had enough. Again, a very chilling statement. The last part of the Perik would... Um, Perhaps see the negative way of that statement come to light because we now have the enemy of Ammon gathering against the Jewish people, and the people themselves now choose a leader. If you look at the last verse, um, it says that by Yomru ha'am Ish il the leaders or the officers say to each other, "Mi ha'ish ashe lachem Gilad." Whoever goes out as the first person to attack Amon, he will be the leader of Yoshwe Gilad, of the inhabitants of Gilad. In other words, they now choose a leader themselves. God does not send a leader to them. They're choosing a person themselves. And the only reason they want a leader here is not a moral leader necessarily, but a military leader. If this person will save us, we'll accept him as a leader of the Jewish people. And so here is the change in the structure of the book tells us that there's going to be a change in the type of shofet that we will meet going forward. Perhaps in level, of the particular person but also in terms of the kind of leader that the Jewish people are asking for which will take us through from now to the rest of the book and trying to understand what is it that the Jewish people need to have a leader that will recreate their relationship with Hashem will they be able to succeed in this or not have a wonderful day